Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. God bless you guys. Thank you, Pastor David. Is this going to be good? We'll see, huh? We'll see, yeah. yeah. You'll let me know. That's one thing I don't have any doubt about. No. It's going to be good because Holy Spirit is already here. We have an amazing uh, time of worship as we always do here at Dwell. So uh, it's always, always, always um, a privilege and just an honor to just share the word of God. Just be able to do this. And um, it's actually, this is my fourth time being able to teach and speak this week. It's been an eventful week for me. And my wife was saying, gosh, how are you tired? Like, how are you? And I told Pastor David yesterday morning, I said, when, you know, when you are doing, when you're in your gift, when you're in your calling, uh, you, you know, something comes over you and over the natural um, tired or whatever. No, you feel energized. So uh, be, know what your gift is. Know what your calling is and be in that. As much as you can, allow Holy Spirit to grow that thing. So, so I'm in my lane, and I'm excited because uh, this is all about you. This is about the body of Christ. My mission, my assignment tonight is to equip you, to encourage you, to edify you, to build you up so you can go dive into your life and fulfill the mandate that God has put on you and your family. Is that okay? Can we do that tonight? Amen. So thank you, Pastor David and Nicole, always for the opportunity. Men's Bible study has been, they've been powerful times. Powerful. So um, at next year as we, you know, get some more dates or whatever, we, if we continue to do that, I encourage you to, to dive in with us. Um, my beautiful wife is here with me always. Raquel, just you can just wave. She doesn't. She won't want to be standing or grabbing a mic. That's not going to happen. <laughs> to her uh, request, and then my parents are here. Uh, Josh and it's weird for me to say Josh and Margie Rubio. It's mom and dad, so they're there in the back. Thank you for coming and uh, always supporting us and um, just a. Uh, a blessed family legacy of ministry. They're both PKs. Uh, the Rubio side of the family, uh, Grandpa Rubio was in ministry. Grand Grandpa Diaz was in ministry. And uh, so now here we are. You know, even my brother's doing campus ministry in Carrollton area and stuff. So we're blessed. Um, last night, we were in the colony at Hotel uh, Fairview uh, by Marriott, and our very own uh, Kareem and Lynn led worship, and they did amazing. The place was wrecked in worship, man. It was so awesome. Uh, people were asking, like, you know, who is, who are they again? Who is that again? And so y'all just be proud of, of the family here that has been able to go out. And, man, they blessed us. It was so awesome. And so we're so grateful for them that they joined us in that. And so what was it we were doing? As part of our assignment, Raquel and I, is 
We want to see a shift in regions and territories and see the body of Christ uh, begin to come together as the family of God. When, when opportunity is there to begin to come together as the family of God and know who we are. Understand our identity as the body of Christ and begin to take dominion in the spiritual realm and shift the atmosphere. And not just sit back and let things happen as they may, but no, understand who we are and say, no, we're taking authority here over our kids, over the economy, over these different things. We're saying, no, this is kingdom. This is holy ground. And so we're putting a stake in the ground. We're putting a line in the sand. Amen. Is that okay, body of Christ? Let's do that. That's our mandate. That's what God has called us to do is to make that shift, make that change. So I want to talk to you tonight about sonship. It's a kingdom principle. It's a promise from God that we are, and for the sake of just better understanding for all of us, I'll just say sons and daughters. This is who God has called us to be. It's scriptural. It's in the Bible. He said, you are my sons and daughters. So I want to talk, when I say sonship, I'm talking about sons and daughters. What does that mean? And, and so I want us to start in Romans chapter 8. And what I'm going to do is I'm briefly going to really set us up to see where Jesus gives us an example. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what that is when we get there. But, but first, I want you to, to repeat this after me. And I, I really don't do this that often, but I felt like I wanted us to do it tonight just to kind of set the tone. I want you to repeat after me this phrase. His spirit in me, spirit in me must, increase. must increase. Let's say it one more time. That was good. His spirit in me must increase. increase. Think about that for a moment. His spirit in me must, doesn't want to decrease because it can't. The only option for Holy Spirit in you is to increase, is to advance, is to move forward, is to grow. So, we are setting the tone for, for where we're going here tonight. So Romans 8, 5 through 17. And just so you can follow me better, I, I'm going to read through this, but, but I tend to go line by line. Uh, that's just kind of the way I, I see things and absorb it. So that's the way I'm going to try to deliver that tonight. So we'll read the word and, and we'll get into this. So let's go through it, starting at verse 5, and we'll go... We may just stop at verse 14. That's okay. So verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity 
wars against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh. Know where you came from. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Verse 10, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you will also give you life. Somebody say life. Life. He'll give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12, I'm almost done here. And here's where we shift into sonship. Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live, and here we go, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. These are sons of God. So we're going to talk, and we're going to lead, this is going to lead into where Jesus shows us and I've never seen this before, but, but I'm excited to share it with you for the first time tonight, where Jesus shows us how to live a life of sonship by the Spirit. See, we often appreciate and we embrace and we're so thankful for the death, the resurrection of Jesus, but we have to remember his life was just as vital His entire life was just as vital. And we really only focus on when he was at the age of 30, became into the ministry, gets baptized and and that good stuff, and I've sprinkled in a few things here of his birth, right? There's a lot that we don't know in between, ha-ha, but the scripture gives us some clues, and we'll get into that tonight, about his entire life. So I wrote this. Jesus pioneered, and I put apostolic breaking through a protein anointing he was you could even say the law first mention we're going to see this tonight jesus broke through something new this path for living a life of sonship on the earth in the spirit in natural body it's important now this is the time but if christ this is the time and I believe something is shifting in the church, the body of Christ, to realize what it means to live as sons and daughters and live that out. So spiritual sonship, I wanted to bring this up to, to set the, the tone here. Uh, in Greek and Hebrew, actually more in Hebrew, but there's a, uh, excuse me, there's a teaching here. Can I get that water, uh, Raquel, just in case? Uh, thank you so much. So there's a teaching here about a progression of maturity uh, as is taught culturally 
and we're going to apply this to Jesus, and there's certain names and descriptions of what that looks like in the maturity of, of a son, primarily as we look at this. So uh, a newborn is called a napios. That's the name for it. So someone that is, and think spiritually now, someone that is born again, there is this season of life where they're a, a, a babe in Christ, they're newborn, napios. Then they become a toddler. And I like this word, pation, because it's very familiar to some of you Star Wars fans. Padawan, uh, it's that toddler age that are in a place where they begin to start learning some things and absorbing some things. Then there's the technon season of life, which is the teenager season of life where more responsibility is put on this in the, during this season. More learning, more responsibility, more activity in their faith. And then the most mature stage of this life is called Wehos, and it's spelled really different, H-U-I-O-S, for those who are taking notes, and I know we got note takers here, because I see y'all all the time. Wehos, H-U-I-O-S, which means fully mature. This is the same word when it talks about the church getting into a place of perfection. It means this place, a place of full maturity. This is our mandate. This is our goal, church, to get to this place of full maturity. Now, why am I bringing this up, all these different stages? Because Jesus was the only one who was born a weeha son. He was born fully mature, perfected, ready to go. The only one. Think about that. So he is already at birth carrying something that no one else has ever been able to carry. At birth, he is already by the Spirit carrying something inside of him that is at full maturity by the Spirit that no one has ever been able to attain at birth. We're talking about the life of Jesus that he set. So back to Romans. I'm just kind of painting a picture of where we're going here, where we're headed tonight. So Romans 8 kind of leads us up to giving us some descriptions, some milestones along the way. What is this life led by the Spirit? What does it look like? And so in, in, in verse 5 and 6, it talks about, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase and just highlight some things. It tells us that uh, sonship is not about works. Sonship is not about works. It's not about how much you're doing to try to earn sonship. No, it doesn't work like that. See, sonship is freely given. So right away, we can, we can distinguish, and I put this down, we have to be careful with works because works can easily get tangled up into what we call religion, legalism. That's not works. And then I mentioned a little bit of this yesterday in our men's uh, Bible study. We have to be careful in the kingdom of God when we think that there are certain rights 
that we have that we're used to in the natural and we want to uh, carry that out into the kingdom, the realm of the spirit, but that's not the case. We have to be careful because we can slip into our soulless realm of what we feel and what we think is, uh, this is my right to do this. And, and we got to be careful because uh, in the kingdom, everything is already given. It's already been declared. It's already been promised. It's already been perfected. We cannot add to the kingdom of God. It is finished, he said. It is finished. So then what does that leave us with as sons? It leaves us with inheritance. You don't have to work for inheritance. You just have to be. Who are you? I'm a son. Okay, you qualify. Do you hear me, church? Not having to work for this, not having to do, not having to achieve, not having to uh, check off boxes in your life. No, this is your inheritance. The moment you allowed Jesus to come into your life and you said, he is my Lord, he is Lord of my life, you are in the family of God, you're a son, you're a daughter, inheritance is yours. So we got to know what we have access to as well. So it's telling us this, right? And then he says uh, in verse 5, he says, look, in, by the Spirit, you have to set your minds on the things of the Spirit. You need to renew your mind to get this understanding, yeah. right? Understand your inheritance. Understand your sonship. Get your mind to, to be renewed. Begin to dig into what God says about who you are as a son or daughter. Get our minds shifted by the Spirit. Let me continue. The things of the Spirit are the fruit of the Spirit. When it says, set your minds on the things of the Spirit. Go, just go to, if you're taking notes, go to Galatians 5.22 and just read about the fruit of the Spirit. And begin to apply that as the things of the Spirit. And say, okay, are my, is my mind set on the fruit of the Spirit. And again, the fruit of the Spirit is freely given. There's no earning the fruit of the Spirit. It's already there. It's part of our inheritance. So all of this is, these are characteristics of sonship. Our minds begin to get renewed of who we are, our identity in Christ. We begin to focus on the things of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. See, sonship is a renewed mindset of the Spirit that brings life in peace. Life in peace. Verse 6 is said to be spiritually minded is life in peace. So let's, let's continue on because I really want to jump to the example of Jesus with all this. So let's go to Romans 11 and 13, and let's just read those, and I want to define something for you, right? This is still sonship. What does it look like? The characteristics. So Romans 8, verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, we all, we've heard this scripture before, if that same Holy Spirit dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, many of us are familiar with 
the term life, the definition of life, as Zoe. This is not that definition, though. This is a little bit different. It's so hard to say in Greek, I'm not going to even try. (laughs) But the definition of this uh, word life here in this context means this. It does mean to give life by spiritual power, but it also means to invigorate, to inject something in your life, to give, watch this, increase. To give increase. So the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead invigorated his mortal body. Gave increase to his mortal body. And he's saying the same spirit that did that for him is the same spirit that is ready to do that for you. How many need some invigoration in your life? Some energy in your life? Some increase in your life? See, this is all inheritance. But if we don't know about it, we can't access it. We can't go after it. We can't declare. We can't uh, get ourselves in the middle of a day. Stuff is going on at the office, at home, in the neighborhood, in the car, whatever, and say, no, wait a minute. Hold on. I am a son. I am a daughter. And I speak increase into my life right now. And I receive it, and I set my mind to it now. You see that? When you know it's there and you can access it, then you can activate it. So I like this, what this uh, definition was as far as this particular word life in here. It said this. It said it is God infusing his life in mine. God infusing. In other words, there's to infuse, there must be a, uh, this is a, a, popular term right now there must be a soaking that takes place a saturation that takes place for his life to be infused into mine oh you you just can't get away from who you must spend time with him to get that infused all over you all every part of your life so critical so important as a son so then we get to verse 14 And it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit. So all these verses just kind of hinting, hinting, giving milestones, uh, different signs pointing to this until finally he says, those who are led by the Spirit, yeah, you are the sons of God. You are the daughters of God. That Holy Spirit is leading you, okay? Now watch this. Here's the question. What does that look like? A life led by the Spirit as a son of God. Now... Let's go to Luke 2.52. In comes Jesus to show us this is how you do it. He's going to show us how you do it. Almost. So Luke, I'm going to start at verse, uh, well, no, we'll get to Luke 52. Let me set the tone. So there's a feast in Jerusalem. Jesus is a a young boy. Scholars believe he's 12 years old, right? So they go travel, uh, Joseph and Mary and Jesus go and travel to, as they all did, for this feast. And so they're in Jerusalem, 
And so at the end of this feast, they, uh, they are, they're leaving. They had already left. Jesus stays back. You know the story. He's in the temple. The Bible says, among teachers. And interesting that if you read from 46, verse 46 in Luke chapter 2, it says that he was uh, listening, asking questions, and then the next verse says, and they were amazed at his answers. So right there, I can teach there on discipleship and just wear that thing out. He listened, he asked questions, and he had answers. Somebody was letting him talk. Someone let him say something, and when he did, they were amazed. So this is where Jesus, the young boy, is. He's among teachers in in the synagogue, in the temple, and, and all this is taking place. His parents are gone, right? You know, the story of a kid left in the mall, and parents, so they make it out to the parking lot. Oh, my God. I guess that never happened to y'all, right? Three days go by. Now, I know some of us would be like, man, what kind of parents? Three days. You don't know where your kids are at? Just hold on. Just don't judge. Wait a minute here. We don't know the circumstances. But here's the thing. They, they then, the Bible says that they were anxious. They were anxious looking for him. So they go back. And I can't imagine. Three days? You don't know where your kid is at? Not only your kid. No, hello, son of God. Uh, God, I don't know where he's at. I don't know. I told Joseph. I don't know. You know, we had the stroller. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, to, I told you, I told you to look after him. Three days go by. They come back. Let's pick it up. Verse 51. <clears throat> Actually, verse 49, because this is important. So they approach him. They said, look, we've been anxiously looking for you. Mary and Joseph, they find him. And he says this. Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And this is so key right here. Verse 50, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Who's the 12-year-old? Who's the adult? So something is happening here. He is saying something to them with an understanding, with a conviction. And I don't believe, there's, I don't, there's no way that he was saying this sarcastically. You should know where I'm at. Because Jesus was without sin. So no sarcasm, no smart aleck, no trying to be rude. No, no he was in genuine, authentic uh, communication saying, why... Why, didn't, why are you looking for me? Didn't you know I, w- I would be here? And they simply didn't understand in their natural mind, what is this boy talking about? So right there is, is a distinction of a dimension of revelation the young Jesus had that not even his parents had. 
He had an understanding and a revelation by the Spirit, knowing, of course I'm here. Why are you looking for me anywhere else? His understanding was already surpassing his own parents in the natural realm. So, so let's just dive into that a little bit more. So it says this. They didn't understand when they spoke to him. Verse 51, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and this is so key too, and was subject to them. He submitted to his parents. I believe that he made this statement, saw the look in their eyes of confusion, and said, okay, they don't have a level of wisdom that Holy Spirit has in me. Uh, that's okay. I'm going to submit to my parents because Scripture says so. Because I need to fulfill everything in here. So he submitted to mom and dad. Even though his wisdom clearly surpassed what they can even understand. Didn't matter. He submitted. There's a leadership lesson in there. And so watch this. He submitted to them, but his mother kept all these things in heart. Another version says that she treasured this moment because I think that she knew, man, there's something so special about this boy. I don't understand it, but there's something on this kid. As only a mother, right, can have this special place to say, no, there's something on this boy I need to turn up my prayer. I need to turn up my intercession because there's something on him. And so here we are, and then verse 52. This is where I want to explain, and, and I'm almost done. Hang in there. Are you guys okay? Everyone good? Remember, we're talking about sonship. Jesus is gonna, he's gonna show us right here. Verse 52, and Jesus increased in wisdom. Impossible was my first reaction. What do you mean increased in wisdom? He is all wisdom. For years, that didn't make sense to me. If he is God, if he is almighty God, right? Who is, uh, he's in body, right, form, but where did he come from? Jesus from eternity comes into this flesh suit, but he is still God, and the scripture says he increased in wisdom. God doesn't increase in anything. He is already. So what, what, what is this talking about? How can he increase in something that he already has infinite value to? This word. And it's going to shift right here. Watch this. The word increase here means to drive forward to advance. Wait a minute. I love the word of God. Holy Spirit, thank you. Help us get this. Help us get this, Holy Spirit. So here is this young boy. Whoo! Here is this young boy who has Holy Spirit in him, leading him, leading him, leading him in his young life. And, and I, I picture this. I meditated on this. I said, God, how can you send your son who is almighty, all-knowing, omniscient, all-powerful into this fleshly body in the natural realm in a sinful world? Yeah. 
and take place in all all of in all all of this that's going on when he is all holy spirit inside of him uh, how is he even containing himself in this he's made it and here we get a glimpse just a glimpse at 12 years old and it says that he was advancing in all wisdom here's what i feel the holy spirit showed me not infinite spiritual wisdom no this is how he was advancing, increasing, right, Go, going forward. He was showing us and making a way of how to live this life, advancing, going forward by the spirit-led life in this natural realm. He showed us how to do it. That's the increase. That's the advancement is Holy Spirit, God Almighty inside here in this fleshly suit that he's having to look at what Jesus did. He had to make sure he was taking dominion over this flesh suit, right? This natural, the mind, the natural mind, all the thoughts that sometimes take us off track, all the feelings, the soulish realm, the emotions that get us off track, that get us all twisted and forgetting about God's promises, all this stuff. And he said, no, I'm in control here. Holy Spirit is in control here, and he is leading us this way. As a 12-year-old, he's doing all this? You want to talk about a spirit-led life? We don't need to look anywhere else when we just sometimes just casually say led by the Spirit. Man, do you know the price that was paid that we can even be led by the Spirit? He's showing us right here. And here's a description of this, this word increase, right? To drive forward, to advance. It was also used to describe a special unit in an army that would clear the path for the army to advance. This is that, here's that apostolic, that proton anointing, right, that goes forth and breaks stuff open in an atmosphere, breaks stuff open in the spirit, breaks stuff open so that way the kingdom can come and have freedom and liberty to move and take ground. Jesus did this in his life. We can't forget, we can't diminish, we can't uh, just ignore and just focus on the birth, focus on the death and the life resurrection. Those are critical, those are important, those are life-changing, but everything in between was too, was also. He paved the way for us. He made a way to live a life by the Spirit. He increased in wisdom and stature. He paved the way. Are you guys getting this? Thank you, Jesus. That law first mentioned. We don't see this anywhere else. So he's, a, of course, he's the first. Of course, he's the first to show us how you do this. It's no wonder that by the time we get to when he was 30 in his ministry, he was always, always praying he was always with the Father. Why? Because he's taking dominion over. Can you imagine how many feelings he had to say, no, you, you can't, no, no. 
I, I was thinking about this as a, as, even as a boy. Because sometimes those years, they can be ruthless. You think it was any different back there? Come on, the boys in the neighborhood. Jesus, where's your father, bro? That was cold-blooded, right? See, that's what I'm saying. You don't think he had to go through some of that? Hey, Jesus, where were you born, man? Which hotel, bro? He had to push all that down. He showed us this is how you take dominion in your life. You increase, you advance, you just pave the way. I'm paving it for you, body of Christ. Even at 12 years old, I'm paving the way for you to have this, what was that life we said? This invigorating life. That's why in John 10.10, he could say, I've come that you may have life. Ooh. Not only did he come that we may have life and have it more abundantly, which is that word abundantly, do a study on that. It means superior. It means excessive. It means over the top. Yeah, I had to cut some things down to pave a way for you to have that life. Life abundantly. All this for sonship? Wow. He showed us what sonship is like. All right, let me, let me bring this to a close here. So this is Jesus, the boy. He, I like to say, just because it's, uh, there's an understanding of, of how the Bible describes it as going first, not more important, but he shows us this, that he went first, first mentioned apostolically, he carved out the path for Holy Spirit within flesh to increase in dominion over his own self. In complete obedience as the Son of God. This is a huge, huge description of who he was in the level of maturity, the Wehas son. He was fully mature at 12, just doing unbelievable things. That even in the natural, his mom was like, I don't understand it, but I'm holding on to this in my heart. Because this is, this is something. This is real. So I simply want to close with this thought here. Those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. If we know now what the price was paid for us to be led by the Spirit in this life. My prayer was, has been first for me. Lord, forgive me for, for overlooking this in my life and just thinking that, you know, or whatever, just lead me, Holy Spirit. No. Now I have a visual of the price that was paid, that I even have the inheritance, the freedom to say, Holy Spirit, lead me. And I can envision what Jesus did to, to create this path of sonship. Everything is free in sonship. It's all yours. It's all yours. So live it out, body of Christ. Live out this, this sonship. 
sons and daughters, this inheritance. Cherish it. Embrace it. Know that there was a price paid for it. And know that because Jesus did it, we have access to have dominion over our life where our soul doesn't have to get crazy out of control. We have his authority, his inheritance to say no. Holy Spirit is in charge here. Yes, yes. Holy Spirit is in charge here. Because the moment that you begin to have a revelation of that dominion in your life, Holy Spirit-led life in you, guess what happens? Spills over into your marriage. Spills over into your children. Spills over into your finances. Spills over into your business. Spills over into your, your assignment, your, the church, the ministry, everything that God has called you to do. And, and what happens when we come together corporately? All this dominion, all this led by the Spirit, this overflowing. Then, then we start shaking things in territories. Then we start shifting things in the atmosphere. Why don't you stand to your feet because I do want to pray with you. Hallelujah. So a couple things that came to mind that I wanted to just bring up just to address in prayer. Sonship, sons, daughters, being led by the Spirit. So I want to uh, simply address this just to pray for you, a couple things. Number one, it's been said that and recorded many, many times that in the month of November is the most depressive month for so many folks. I didn't, I didn't, I thought December would be more, you know, Christmas and that type of thing, but no, November is, and isn't it counter to the month that it's supposed to be, the month of Thanksgiving, is the month that folks have the most emotional anguish. Some of that is, well, you know what? I didn't have the best dad. I didn't have, the, I don't have the greatest memories of my parents. So I, I just, it's hard. It's hard for me to understand this. Sonship, daughters, I, I just, I don't have. The Bible says this in Hebrews, that the word of God is like a two-edged sword dividing soul and spirit. So what does that mean? That means that the Word of God helps us distinguish this is all feelings and emotions, but this is the Word of God promise. What's the difference? The difference is feelings and emotions, they come and go up and down. We just, but the Word of God never returns void. It is true. I want to encourage you, if that's you, and you say, you know what, I just don't have that experience with mom and dad in my life. Maybe I didn't even know mom and dad or dad. The Bible says that Jesus, or God said, I'll be a father to the fatherless. See, he will meet every need that you have. Declare the word of God over those emotions 
Say, God, you can heal me from that past. You can deliver me from that past. And I'm calling you God my Father. And you are going to teach me by your spirit how to be a son, how to be a daughter. Why is that important? Because in the natural, our, our, our position as son and daughter, that will soon go away. But our eternal position as son and daughter is for all of eternity. So get a hold of that. Embrace that. And I free you in the name of Jesus from your past. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this. Those of us who are hungry, you, you, you want everything that God has for you. I pr I'm going to pray here in the name of Jesus that you embrace and get a revelation of what it means to be a son and daughter and activate it in your life. Begin to pull on the inheritance that is yours. For you, for your marriage, for your family, for your body, for your finances, that you say, I am a son of the living God. I am a daughter of the living God. And I know my inheritance. My inheritance, what is that? Healing, deliverance, freedom. It's your inheritance. All your needs will be met. You have the protection of your father. It's all yours. Begin to walk in it. Begin to live it. Begin to meditate on it. Begin to share with one another on it. It's our inheritance. Come on, let's pray these two things right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, that you are a deliverer. You are a restorer. And so, Father, right now, those who have a place in their heart that is broken, that is uh, wounded, God, that has bad memories, Father, from a childhood of, of mom and dad, God, that just painted something that was not your design. God, we pray for healing. We pray for restoration, God, from that. God, and I pray that through that healing and restoration, you reveal to them their identity in you, the value that they have in you, oh God. They are sons. They are daughters, God. Restore them fully. God, and I pray that everyone in this building begin to meditate and concentrate and allow Holy Spirit to reveal our identity as sons, God, and begin to move in it like never before. God, inheritance is ours. You paved the way, Jesus. You paved the way. Now it's our turn by your name, by your spirit, to walk as sons. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, would you give the Lord a praise offering? Believe it, thank him for it, praise him for it. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.